Is it on? It looks like it. What? Are you ever eager to be behind the scenes of your church? To know what Grace's leadership is thinking about, burdened about, or talking about? Do you want to know what we're planning for, praying for, and hoping for? Have you ever wondered these things? If so, welcome to the Sweet 201 Podcast, which is your chance to go behind the scenes into the very heart and soul of Grace's leadership team. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, welcome to the Sweet 201 Podcast. This is when you have the chance to go behind the scenes into the very heart and soul of Grace Fellowship's leadership team. We're so glad you're along for this journey. I'm sitting here with my good buddies and workmates, Laurel Scherz and John Colburn. Would you guys say hi to our listeners? Hey listeners. Glad to be here with you guys. Well, today we're going to talk about something that we talk about around this office all the time, not only because we talk about it as it pertains to you all, our listeners and our church family, but we also are going to talk about it because it's something we talk about for ourselves as a church leadership all the time. Uh, Do you guys want to hear what we're going to talk about? Tell us. Today we're going to talk on the podcast about emotional health and wholeness as it pertains to church membership, that's you all, and church leadership, Mm. that's us. Sounds good. So when I talk about emotional health and when I use that phrase, can you guys just personally share the things that come to mind when you hear that phrase? I mean, I think for me personally, I, I tend to get a bit intimidated because uh, I think when I look back on my life, it's not something that I feel like I see a lot of. Uh, personally, I feel like it's only been in the last three or four years that I've had the capability of assessing even where I am uh, personally in kind of my emotional health. Um, and even now I find myself trying to avoid it, even though I've begun to see some of the benefit of not only understanding those things for myself, but letting other people help me understand them. Um, because it tends to be so, uh, difficult for me to see the effects of. So I can be a bit of a pragmatist. And even when I look in on myself, my feelings and my emotions, um, it can be tough for me to know, even if I knew what those were, what I would do about them. So I tend to distract myself by doing other things. Um, But one of the things that I have found in all of that is that as I kind of slide into either a a poor emotional state, it affects not only my work, which is my ministry to you listening and my ministry to my family and my ministry to uh, the rest of our team, um, but it also affects like the personal friendships and relationships that I have with people around me. Mm -hmm. And... When I am emotionally unhealthy, it can really result in uh, derailing a lot of the things that the Lord is doing in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing, John. What about you, Laura? Yeah, I think as you were saying at the beginning, um, it is something that we talk a lot about around here. And for that, I'm thankful it can be something that's not easy or comfortable to talk about. Um, but for me, it's something I've kind of taken the time to walk a road the last few years just being totally honest I have struggled with emotional health over the last few years and have experienced different degrees of anxiety and depression and um, all the struggles that come with that and just have also in this struggle seen how the Lord has 
kind of given me tools to walk through that and have kind of delved into my own journey of talking these things out and bringing them into the light, whether that's through counseling, um, through being in my home group, through being on staff here, and it's definitely still a journey, but um, just as John was saying, have realized the importance of our emotional health and how that affects all aspects of our ministry, of our jobs, of our home life, and um, yeah, it's it's been a hard thing for me, but I've also seen a lot of uh, beauty in it too, and just the importance of taking care of um, ourselves as a whole. Um, just as I've shared that, I would love to know, Joel, if you can share some thoughts on this and just how it maybe applies or affects us as a church, as Grace Fellowship, and as members of Grace. Sure. Well, I'll talk about this in two ways. Is it okay if I root this in a narrative, in a story of sorts? Please do. I tend to couch things into in elaborate stories, by the way, you listeners. It's an old Christian tradition. Uh, I hope so. Um, you know, May of 2016, I joined the team of Redeemer Community Church to begin the process of planting Grace Fellowship. And whenever you begin the process of planting a church, you know, all the things that are pushed at you are things like strategy, plans, uh, execution of, you know, kind of goals and ideals. John, do you remember those days? When yes. we were When Grace Fellowship existed literally on a legal pad, <laughs> everything was really clear, right? But then we begin the process of actually getting into the work. And we realize that certain individuals that we thought were going to be a part of our body who were going to contribute their gifts in a key way to begin some kind of initiative that was really going to define who we were as a church body, all of a sudden we realize the person like that maybe lost their job. Yeah. Or um, we realize that someone that we thought was going to be a, a critical kind of mover and a shaker was struggling with some emotional um, health issues or personal problems. In other words, we realized that all of a sudden the work of pastoral ministry, strangely enough, was going to be the actual hearts and souls of the people. Yes. And that those hearts and souls and their, their level of you know, health or struggle or the state of kind of their heart as it comes to following Jesus is the work of ministry. Mm -hmm. Those things aren't distracted distractions from ministry, but they are ministry. So really quickly, I think John and I realized, oh, oh my gosh, like we're actually going to have to pastor actual people <laughs> with actual problems yeah. in the process of playing this church. And then along the way, we, we realized we were actual people <laughs> with actual problems. Exactly. We realized just the stress of trying to make this happen, the, the criticism that you receive, um, the sea of amazing ideas you receive and trying to know which ones to run down is stressful. All the decisions you make. Um, for me, like learning to pastor, I've never been, I mean, this is a good time to let the listeners know that I've never pastored a church before. <laughs> and uh, so learning how to just handle the unique, I'd say the occupational hazards of Christian ministry was something that John and I began to realize, oh man, like we're, we're actually struggling with this. So um, this, this kind of helped us, I think, just to begin to think a lot deeper about the work that we're doing. It wasn't going to be about moving people around like pawns to execute a plan. Yeah. But it was going to be about loving and shepherding and leading and serving people in deep ways, in impatient ways, in gentle ways, 
in order to really discern the way in which God's Spirit will want to build us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think as that has happened, um, you know, I think it just turns our attention to how do we how do we actually do this in a way that takes into full account the wholeness of what God has made a human person to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's good. Uh-huh. I think Jesus, as an example, is really illustrative of, of that concept. I think when I um, was younger and growing up, even as I just mentioned about my own emotional health, I, I think I thought that emotional health really looked like being kind of unaffected by either trauma or crisis, or, um, but remaining kind of calm and collected. And while there's real wisdom in being able to be calm in the face of stress, um, and people really look and gravitate to that style of leadership, I think somewhere in me that kind of got lost, um, that emotional health really looked like being kind of separated from whatever was going on inside of me. Detached, stoic somehow. Um, and, And so over the years, what I thought I was pursuing was this kind of calm, collected, wise leadership. And I I remember kind of looking down three or four years ago, whether I was in seminary or right at the beginning of Grace Fellowship, and realizing what I'd actually kind of cultivated was a a disaffectedness. Um, It was causing me not to be able to empathize or sympathize, um, which was a real challenge. Um, uh, But even even beyond that, like when we look at Jesus, we don't see someone who's unaffected by the trials and tribulations of this world, Mm -hmm. even though he is in kind of perfect relationship with the Father, even though he has full knowledge of the way that everything's going to work out, even though he's always in complete control, we see someone who weeps, we see someone who mourns, we see someone who um, gets tired, gets Mm -hmm. tired, rejoices, feels anxious, um, needs to get away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a real challenge to me, because in a lot of ways, um, I think in my head, perfect emotional health would look like never being caught up in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus clearly demonstrates something different. Yeah, so Jesus is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, can we just say that on the yeah. podcast? Je- Jesus is so interesting. Because theologians have talked about how Jesus is free, meaning he can walk in a room and not be swayed by like sin like he doesn't he walks into a room of sinners and he doesn't he doesn't become dirty sinners start becoming more clean mm-hmm. <laughs> uh he can be in conversation with the pharisees and he doesn't all of a sudden deviate from the will of the father and that's why he can travel in pharisee circles and in prostitute circles and in uh sadducee circles and with his disciples and he can remain free mm-hmm never deviating from the will of the Father, like John explains. But at the same time, the Scriptures teach that Jesus is acquainted with all of our grief, Mm -hmm. that he's a perfect, sympathetic high priest, able to sympathize with us in all our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So one thing we say around Grace Fellowship is that Jesus is the most human human that there's ever been. Mm -hmm. Right? So, you know, I I remember where I was sitting... Years ago, when this insight struck me, you know, take the example that John brought up of Jesus weeping at Lazarus's death. You know, I used, I used, I think I somehow caught. I don't know if it was taught or not. I think sometimes we claim that people taught us things that maybe they didn't. Mm-hmm. Like if we went back and listened to that tape, it wasn't said that way. But somehow I caught the idea that 
the only reason Jesus cries is because he sees that Lazarus' sisters are crying, and he's compassionate, so he cries with them. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I was sitting when I, I, I kind of read the insight that Jesus cries because Jesus is the perfect human, and perfect humans weep at death. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a fellowship that we get to share with Jesus because he is acquainted with our sufferings, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to remember and we can enter into some conversation about this, y'all, that Christians at Grace Fellowship, just like every human being, are whole persons. Yeah. And I think there is this modern instinct to separate people into parts. Mm-hmm. So let's think about what some of those parts would be. That human beings are, are have physical bodies. Mm-hmm. Then they have brains that think and reason. And then they have, you know, hearts that feel things. Mm -hmm. Then they maybe have this will that chooses things. And as if those things, and even some people would enter into the category, then they have a spirit or a soul that then is the spiritual component of who they are. Mm -hmm. And there's a modern instinct to separate those things out. Mm -hmm. And on the podcast, right now, on the Sweet 201, Joel Busby is going to propose that that's not a biblical way of thinking of the human person. I find that interesting because I, I, I totally agree with you, but I feel like at different points along my spiritual journey and walk, even with people that I look up to, I've been told that I was kind of one of those things over and against the rest. Like you were a thinker, not I, a feeler. Not, right? Yeah, I was a thinker mm-hmm. or I was a physical person or I was, um, yeah, I was either a mind or a body or a soul or, or a heart um, and that that's what I needed to remember. So I think it's in- interesting to hear you say that the scriptures present uh, a more integrated man than that. What are you thinking, Laurel? Laurel's just sitting here thinking deep thoughts like she always does. What are you thinking, <laughs> Laurel? Um, yeah, I I think it kind of hits personal. As I shared earlier, I've kind of been on my own personal journey just into emotional health and through the help of a counselor and Joel and John. And I think one thing that the Lord has been showing me is that I think at some point along the way, kind of what you're saying, you feel like we were taught these things but for me I always struggled with it things had to be either one or the other so if I was struggling with emotional help as a believer then that must mean that I'm not you know doing enough that I don't have enough faith and if I have the spirit of God in me but I'm struggling every day then that must mean that I'm not reading my bible enough and if the bible says to rejoice always, then why do I feel so depressed all the time? And I think kind of along the lines you're saying, like learning that all those are connected. I think for a while I tried to separate them and just have been thinking on that a lot and what it means to bring all of that before Jesus who experienced all emotions and knowing that I can still rejoice and weep at the same time and just have been really humbled, I think, lately as you're saying like really truly looking at who Jesus was as the perfect human and that if he experienced all those things that it's okay for me to do that as well and then I can hold both of those things in tension they can go together as a whole instead of me feeling the need to separate my emotions from the spiritual part of me yeah yeah, I, I would this, just go ahead. This this might be a good time to say that if if you spend all of the season of podcasts just kind of scrubbing through the things that Joel and I say and looking for the places where Laurel talks, we understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, it's true. 
So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's important for us to, to understand the parts of who we are. I think that's fine. But I think a biblical vision really just, just really has two parts to it. A biblical vision says that there's really an inner part of who we are and there's an outer part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is, is the outer part of who we are affects the inner part of who we are. And the inner part of who we are affects the outer part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And Christian theologians through the centuries, as they began to uh, probably incorporate the insights of other visions of the human person, have just understood that the emotional heart part of the feeler part of who we are and the thinking part of who we are, I'm drawing on a little piece of paper because this is what I have to do. And this, in this sort of soul level part of who we are and the physical part of who we are are all connected and integrated together in something that the theologian Jonathan Edwards would just call the affections. Mm-hmm. All these things come together. And in all of these things coming together in our affections is the part of us that we want to stir toward Jesus mm-hmm. in our worship, in our home groups, and Grace Fellowship events, and service opportunities, and members of our church getting together to take a walk around <laughs> the park. Like we wanna we wanna integrate the whole of who we are and be a community that our affections are stored, stirred in a whole sense toward Christ. I, I guess I want to say that because uh, I think a lot of Christian leaders in the circles in which we travel think that the minute we start talking about emotional health, we're kind of just talking about psychological, secular, mm-hmm. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mumbo jumbo. <laughs> like, like, and, and, and what I would want, what I would want you to know is that we're actually talking about a rich Christian heritage yeah. from St. Augustine to the desert fathers, to Julian of Norwich, to the reformers trying to think through how the, outer part of who we are and the inner part of who we are actually come together you know in a really beautiful way mm-hmm. so so that's a vision of the human person that we want to really promote around grace fellowship um you even see it in i'll just take like our sunday worship i mean there there is something about the fact that you have to stand and sit you have to walk forward to the table you know you say things in response you hear things that you receive. You feel things. You feel things. You're challenged to think things. Mm-hmm. And that no separate part of that is, is uh, the most important part, but they all go together in this kind of web that we talk about as the affections. That's good. What else, guys? I think one of the things we're thinking about is that it becomes really important for Joel and Laurel and I and our home group leaders and our elders and our deacons as as a team of leaders at Grace Fellowship to be really aware um, of our emotional health. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the reasons for this is just so much of Christian ministry is this call to teach one another and practice with one another, uh, carrying one another's burdens. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and thus fulfill the law of Christ is what Paul says. And and that's such a that's a such a huge responsibility of the church. And one of the things that's become clear in our time of doing this together is that if you leave your burdens uncarried, if you have had no kind of practice carrying your own burdens or help having people share your burdens with you, it will render you kind of a weak companion. 
you, you, you have a lot of growing to do to be able to carry someone else's burden. Skateboarding. I've sat in a lot of really uncomfortable conversations with men that I was learning from and, and leading uh, about a desire to help carry someone else's emotional burdens, but a feeling of just kind of helplessness because they didn't know how to do that or what the steps would look like. And I think one of the big challenges of that is the first emotional burdens that you learn to carry um, and you get help carrying or your own. And if you kind of leave those at the door, um, it will really kind of stunt your growth and being able to help people carry theirs too. Mm. Um, so when we think about kind of developing a group of leaders, whether it's home group leaders, elders, deacons, our ministry team, um, it becomes our job to spur one another on in our own emotional health in order to create that kind of environment here at Grace Fellowship. And that's really important to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I think is important maybe as we just wrap up this conversation is I think it's important for Christian leaders, disciple makers, it's the way we might want to phrase it, you know, people cultivating the body of Christ toward maturity Mm -hmm. is to remember that that is a different thing than therapy. Mm -hmm. What counselors and therapists do. Yeah. It's a different thing. Uh, So we, Grace Fellowship, really believe in having a network of folks that we can refer folks to for just deeper layers of expertise into some of these issues that we that we don't know as much about um you know our role as kind of shepherd leaders of the people of grace is to really think a lot about the scriptures really and and how the bible helps us think about whatever particular issue is presenting itself that's our unique expertise how that works out in the life of christian community in a church community. That's our unique expertise. And we want to be a church that really just cultivates a network of, of Christian counselors and therapists that can really help us travel into the deeper zones. Mm-hmm. Okay. But having said that, the word therapy literally means healing. Yeah. So we believe that being a church leadership that thinks seriously about the wholeness of a human person also has its own kind of healing effect. Mm-hmm. And I know I've tasted that at Grace through some of my own struggles and seeing the way the body of Christ upholds me mm-hmm. in the way that John's described. I think John's tasted that mm-hmm. either around this office in your home group with friends of yours at Grace. Yeah, all over the place. Laurel, I think you've tasted that in the way in which the church can contribute to that healing process. Like we know we're not psychologists, therapists, and counselors. Mm-hmm. We know we have a part in this integrated whole human person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, thing mm-hmm. um, we have a, a unique part um, so those are just some those are some thoughts on emotional health and wholeness anything you guys would like to add as we wrap it up yeah can I set you two up on a I know this is a T for you Joel so we'll I'll go first but I know something that's challenged me about being friends with the two of you is like both of your love for the Psalms in particular oh lord um, <laughs> and the way that they kind of give voice to the emotional soul of, and the, the heart and the feelings and emotions of a person um so would you just want to share like how individually the Psalms have meant things to you in terms of your own emotional health and how to bring those things before the Lord? Oh man. <laughs> um, yeah, this, the Psalms have been probably some of the most like impactful and important things that the Lord has used for me in regards to emotional health in the last few years um I've just had some really low points and just have really been able to camp out in the psalms and that's kind of just been like my kind of life source like through the word that the Lord has used um 
to encourage me and speak life into me as I've read them over and over and studied them. It's for me just challenged me and encouraged me just a picture of what it means to be a human and we see David expressing all different emotions and um, yeah the Lord has just really used that to allow me to see what it means to struggle and to be weak what it means to rejoice um, while suffering Uh, yeah so that has just been a place that I've really camped out there's several specific ones that the Lord has really used to minister to me and breathe um, breathe life into me I could talk about that for a long a long time just how the songs have been used in my life over the last few years as I've struggled um, with these things yeah I couldn't really add a lot more to that other than just to say that you know when we talk about this integrated whole person this realm of what theologians would call the affections. I think the call of the Psalms is that there is a way to bring the fullness of that human experience before God's very presence Mm -hmm. for the healing of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that way to bring the fullness of who we are before God for healing. I mean, this is literally the way that the church fathers would speak about the Psalms, like they were healing agents. So the way, the Spirit-inspired way for us to bring the wholeness of our humanity before God for its healing is those 150 poem praise things Mm -hmm. called the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And, and this is an important part, to do that is actually what it would mean to be alive. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so we'll probably have a whole other podcast now on just the Psalms. <laughs> but that's a really great, great question, John. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're available to you mm-hmm. in multiple ways. Our team is available to you to talk through the deep struggles that you're having. One thing we say around Grace Fellowship is our faith either addresses the reality or, or who cares? Mm-hmm. So we're here for you. John's here for you. Laurel's here for you. I'm here for you. Our team is here for you. Our elders are here for you. Your home group leaders are here for you to talk through these things and to help you bring those things before God's presence and before God's people. We also have we are we have the gift of being connected to some counselors in our city who we can kind of work alongside in that journey with you. So let us know how we can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks so much for being a part of this conversation, Laurel and John, as always, uh, listeners, we're so thankful that you're listening. Um, we really couldn't do this without you. <laughs> Actually, we could. <laughs> we yeah. could talk into a microphone. But, but we will if you don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't want to. Thanks for listening to Sweet 201. Uh, we'll be back again soon. We love y'all. Bye. Hey, folks. Thanks so much for listening to the Sweet 201. For more information about Grace Fellowship, visit us on the web at gracebehim.org. The Suite 201 is produced by the Manifold Group. The creative director is me, Joel Busby, and the podcast is mixed and edited by Laurel Spears. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with you soon.